What's going on, Spirit Church family? I hope you guys are doing amazing this morning. Hey, this last week has been incredible as we have just been pursuing after God in everything we do with this last prayer conference. There was so much energy, anticipation, and excitement for everything that God's going to do in 2024. And we want to challenge you all. Keep that same mentality that you had. And before worship even begins, we want you to start entering into the presence of God. We want you to pursue Him before we ever enter into a song of worship. So to get started today, I want to say a prayer. But I also would love if we could just all stand to our feet as I pray today. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for everything that you're about to do here in 2024. We thank you that you open every single heart in this place to receiving your presence. God, would you make your presence known here this morning? Would you allow us to have an authentic encounter with you through this time of worship, God? We just want to pursue after you, all you and nothing else. So Lord, would you show yourself this morning in Jesus' name name I pray. Amen, amen. Let's enter into worship this morning. Good morning, Spirit Church. You ready to sing? Sometimes you've got to dance through the darkness, sing through the fire, praise when it don't make sense. Sometimes you've got to stare down the giant, worship from the lion's den. Sometimes you've got to shout it from the mountain, louder in the valley, trusting that he's gonna get you there. Sometimes you've got to welcome the wonder, wait for the answer, worship with your hands up in the air. I'll praise you anywhere. Give him praise. 
praise this morning.
greater than the mountain that's in front of me. You are greater, so much greater, greater than the power of the enemy. You are greater, so much greater, greater than the mountain that's in front of me. You are greater, so much greater, greater than the power of the enemy. You are greater. If you have a need or a prayer, we would love to pray with you this morning and connect with you in this next song. With my arms straight. 
pray the Lord's Prayer together. And such an awesome moment each and every Sunday just as a church and, and unity and just praying the way that Jesus taught us to pray. And so would you pray with me this morning? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's give him praise this morning. Well, good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Hope you're excited to be here, as excited as we are. I want you to turn and greet someone. Give someone a high five, maybe a little fist bump. Tell them that you're glad to see them this morning. Hey everybody, my name's Daniel, and welcome to Spirit Church. We are so glad you could join us today. Whether you're here in person or joining us online, we consider you a part of our family, and we'd love to connect with you today. If you're here in person, you can go ahead and scan the QR code so you can fill out either the new guest card or our connect card. If you're joining us online, you can either go to spirit.church connect or spirit.church guest. This is a great way for us to stay connected and to serve your family better. If you're new here, welcome. Pastor Jason and Robin would love to connect with you and your family in the Welcome Center after this worship experience. They just wanna meet your family, give you a gift, and say thanks for being our guest today. If you're a guest, please feel no pressure to give. But if you are here and you would like to give, here are three ways that you can. You can use a giving envelope and drop it in either kiosk in the commons area. You can give online at spirit.church give, or you can use our church center app. Spirit Church, thanks for your generosity. Because of it, we can share the love, joy, and peace with the least, last, and lost. Now, I've got a few announcements for you. On January 14th, Spirit Youth is attending the Speed the Light Rally at Woodlake Church in Tulsa. This Speed the Light Rally is an amazing opportunity for our students to understand and hear more about what their giving is going to support in missions this year. The only caveat, your students have to have a liability form on file. So if you have not filled one out yet, Please do so by going and seeing Kelly or Laura in the Commons area at the information station following this worship experience. We will be leaving Sunday, January 14th at 5.15 p.m. from the church. So please come be here at 5 o'clock and help us get organized before your students experience an amazing night full of worship and full of amazing messages. SYA is relaunching January 16th from 7 to 9 p.m. This relaunch has SYA being housed at a new location at the Creamery downtown. We are so excited to see how God uses this unique environment to grow our young adults' passion and fire for serving God. Spirit Kids Socks on Ice event. This event is gonna be hosted at Spirit Church and is a great opportunity for our first through fifth graders to begin raising funds to support BGMC and their missions cause this year. This event functions just like a walkathon, and it all begins with kids having your pledges that they can complete laps and raise funds to support missions through BGMC this year. And lastly, make sure your kids bring socks for their Socks on Ice course. Spirit Church, thanks for listening. And finally, let's get out our message notes and give it up to Pastor Jason as he brings the new message series, Firm Foundation. 
We're glad you're here. Happy New Year. Thanks for being here on the first Sunday of 2024. I've got a lot of content that I want to get to, but Pastor Daniel wants me to make note of the fact that he used the word caveat in a sentence on the video. Um, he, he thought that was like, initially he thought that was the little fish eggs, and I said, no, that's caviar, not caveat. But he's growing, and he's, he's married to an educator, and that's why, and Emily makes him much smarter. We're so thankful for them, and I couldn't, I couldn't pass up the opportunity. I didn't say that at the first, and I'm not going to say that, at the, but I had to, to say it right there. Uh, this has been just such a great week. Thanks for all of you that were a part of our prayer conference. Man, God moved in a powerful way, and, and I want to say this with the right tone, so don't, don't get upset when I say this, but the prayer conference ended Friday, but God didn't stop moving. He's not limited to a three-day time frame that we put him on our schedule. He's still moving today, and we're still excited and expecting and hungry for him to keep moving in our hearts, in our lives, in our church, in our community. Let me also remind you our missions trip meeting is this afternoon immediately following the 11 a.m. worship experience. So if you're interested in either the trip to Bethel, Alaska, the youth trip to Denver, Colorado, or our adult trip to Lusaka, Zambia, which is in Africa, that's going to happen after the 11 a.m. worship experience right here in this room. It won't take long because I'll be hungry by that point. And so just have a quick meeting. You're not committing to anything by coming. You're just gathering more intel about it. And so we want to make sure you're fully aware of what those trips look like. The last thing I'll say, and then we'll get into the message, our Bible reading plan for this year. So two years ago, we read through the whole Bible as a church family. Last year, we memorized 12 different in-the-vault texts one each month. This year, we are reading through the New Testament as a church family. It doesn't mean I don't like the Old Testament. I've said that three or four times now. I still believe in the Old Testament. What we're doing this year is we're trying to slow it down just a little bit so that we're not just checking off passages that we've read, but we're really meditating on and interacting with Scripture. So there's the QR code. You're only six days behind if you start today, and day number one was two verses. So it's totally feasible that if you spent 15, 20 minutes even today, you could get caught right up. Most days, it's only a chapter a day, but I'd rather there be a chapter that we, we really interact with, we really connect with, and just kind of zipping through something. So join us if you're able. Again, as I've said throughout the week, if you want to do through the whole Bible, I applaud that. I support that. I'll help you find the plan to do it. Just this is the one that God laid on my heart for our church. And speaking of scripture, would you go ahead and stand because we're going to go to our in the vault text for this month. As I said, we're not going to have quotation stations this year like we did last year, but we are going to have the same verse all month long throughout all 12 months of the year. So we're still interacting with scripture. We're still trying to memorize scripture. We're just not incentivizing you for doing it. We think we've got that habit built up enough in our lives uh, already. So we're looking at Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17. This may be a verse that you're familiar with or that you've heard about before, but it's a really powerful truth for us to focus on right here at the start of the new year. Would you read it with me this morning? For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the good news. The bad news was that we sinned and there was separation between you and us. 
but you came to be the bridge to bring us back to the Father. Thank you. It's good news. We rejoice in it today. As we study this text, pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. People don't want or need to hear from me. They need to hear from you. So we just welcome your voice, and we ask that any distractions to divine communication would be eliminated so that we could tune in to you. Thank you that you're going to challenge us and change us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated this morning. Our, our series for this month is called Firm Foundations, and we're looking at lessons from the book of Romans. Some people have referred to the book of Romans as a theological textbook, and I, I worked with a guy at the first church I worked with, and about the only thing we could get him to do was to teach from the book of Romans. He loved the book of Romans, and he believed that every person that was new to faith should be taught first from the book of Romans, because it's such a deep book. It just addresses so many of the things that we need to know about God and understand from his word right from the start. And we know from, from studying scripture that the book of Romans was written about A.D. 57, so just around 20 or so years after the death of Jesus, Paul writes this letter to the church at Rome, Rome being the capital of the Roman Empire. The, the church at Rome was primarily composed of Gentile people, and Gentile is a fancy word that means not Jewish, so it's just con composed primarily of not Jewish people, but as you read through the book, you see that there were also Jewish people that were worshiping together. Here's what I love and why I point that out. The Bible and the cross does what society cannot do. It brings people together who otherwise would be separated. I saw this a few months ago when I was in Ireland and I was speaking at their pastor's conference. For years, for, for, for decades, for generations, there has been separation between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. But I spoke at a conference where pastors from Northern Ireland were sitting at a table, eating together, praying together, loving pastors that were from the Republic of Ireland. And that only happens because of what Jesus has done. The church, through the power of the gospel, accomplishes what society cannot accomplish. And we see it happening here in the book of Romans. And so in this letter, what Paul does is he gives us principles that we can build our faith upon he gives us teachings that as Christians we can stand upon and more or anchor ourselves to. He gives us some truths that we need to understand and embrace. And before we get into some of those truths of the firm foundation, let me back away from that just a second and ask us a question. Why do we need a firm foundation? Why do we need a firm foundation? Well, let's just be honest. We don't have a very firm foundation anymore. At least not in the society that I'm living in. At least not in the world that I see. There's not a very firm foundation that is there. What I mean by that is people are not holding fast to their convictions. They don't know what they believe and they don't know why they believe it. They just believe. In fact, this week I was with a gentleman in our church and he's, he's very ill and we're praying for him and his family. And he was sharing his testimony with me. He said, you know, I grew up in church but didn't really go all in with the Lord. It wasn't until I was 49 years old that I became a Christian. And I said, man, that's just remarkable because statistics, and I don't know how accurate they are, but they tell us that the longer it takes after a person turns 18, the less likely they are to accept Jesus as their Savior. And so that's why we believe so much in what Pastor Daniel and Emily do and what Pastor Sherry and Donnie do and Melanie and Chris and Spirit Kids Jr. is because we want to captivate the hearts, not us, but the power of the gospel to captivate the hearts of our children before they turn out 18. Now, 
I still believe, and we all do, and we pray that God would save people when they're 19 and 29 and 49 and 99. We still see him doing that, but there's just such a powerful moment that happens before the 18th birthday where people accept Christ. And so this man says, I accepted Jesus when I was 49, and part of the reason that I walked away from the Lord was when I was a younger man trying to live for Jesus, people told me this, just believe, just believe, just believe but they never told me what to believe in. And they never told me why I should believe in it. So after serving in the war in Korea and after coming back from that deployment and kind of trying to do things his own way, he found himself where many people often do, broken and despondent and depressed and far from God, and he called out, but this time it became a serious relationship and he didn't just believe He knew who he believed in, and he knew why he believed in Jesus. And that's why we need a firm foundation, because uh, we, we need to know who we believe and why we believe. Another reason we need a firm foundation is because the answer, because, doesn't cut it anymore. Why do you believe the way you do? Because. Why do you do the things you do? Because. Why don't you do the things that everyone else does? Because. And what I'm fearful of is that we might be raising a society or a generation of Christians who don't know why we have the convictions that we have. And, and, and the world is looking for articulate and educated Christians who can not only explain what they believe, but can back it up scripturally and say, and this is why. We need a firm foundation because our time is short. And even if Jesus doesn't return in this lifetime, this is the only lifetime we have to serve Jesus. You know, we, right, we've heard that our whole lives. He's coming back. He's coming back. You better get ready. Get right or get left. And we hear these things, and, th- th- and then you think, well, man, he hasn't come. I mean, now it's 2024, and he still hasn't been here. And, and, and we had 88 reasons he's coming back in 88. And we had the Mayan calendar in, in 2012. And I mean, this whole thing was supposed to end a long time ago, and he still hasn't come back. Well, I can assure you of this. He is coming back. He is coming back. I would love to be here when he comes back. But if he doesn't come during my lifetime, I want to go to heaven knowing that I did everything I could with the time that I was given to reach as many people as possible for his kingdom. But I can't do that unless I am standing and grounded upon a firm foundation. We need a firm foundation because we need to be future-minded. We're raising a generation to know and pursue God. That's what we're doing. That's why, again, we believe so strongly in Next Generation Ministries because we want the church of tomorrow to be greater than the church of today. We want to keep investing in these young lives and see them become spiritual champions. I want Ryan and Kate to do more for God than I ever dreamed of. I want the anointing and the power of God to be so resonant and present in their life that it makes what their mom and dad did seem like child's play. And we should all want that for our kids. That we raise up a generation that not only will continue just to love God and, and, quote, get out of hell, but that we raise a generation that makes an impact in their day and in their time. And we have to have a firm foundation to do that. Let me give you one more, and I'm sure there's many more reasons why we need a firm foundation. But the last one is that our society glamorizes godlessness. They don't just put it out there, they glamorize it. They highlight it, they celebrate it, they feature it, and they make fun of godliness. They despise it, they criticize it, 
They look to show how goofy and weird and, and all those things that those who follow the way, the truth, and the life are. And where society is glamorizing godliness, we have godlessness. We need a firm foundation because we want to highlight godliness. And so this month, this series is going to build a firm foundation for us. We're going to know what we believe and why we believe it. But let me, again, say one more. Let me add a caveat before I go on. The Word of God is the foundation upon which everything else is built. Not ideology, not opinion. Now, I'm not going to take a specific Sunday just to teach on why we believe in the Word of God. I've done that before, but I just need you to know that everything we're going to teach on this month is founded upon and grounded and based in the Word of God, which is alive and active, which speaks to us, which challenges us, which changes us, and which shapes us. So, next week, we're going to talk about the importance of our faith. And the week after that, on the 21st, we're going to talk about the power of transformation. And the week after that, on January 28th, we're going to talk about the opportunity to reach one more. But today, our starting point for our firm foundation is the power or the truth of the gospel. It's the truth of the gospel. And in that in the vault text that we just read, Paul wrote that the firm foundation is the good news about Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul uses that phrase, good news, two times. He says, I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. And you and I, those who are here and who are called by his name, we too are not ashamed of the good news of Jesus. Because it saved us. It's the power of God until salvation and so it's important that we start with this good news it's the starting point for everything that we do in this lost world and let me say it this way if jesus didn't do what jesus did none of what we are doing right now matters with all due respect if jesus didn't do and if he wasn't who he said he was we are no greater than and again all due respect we are no greater than a rotary a pta meeting or a bowling league which bowling would be fun, and I like bowling, but there's no power in it. There's no dynamism to it. But because Jesus is who he says he is, because he did what the word said he did, because, did, because he's still doing what he promised he would do now through the power of the Holy Spirit, what we do when we gather together matters. Because he did what he said he would, everything in our lives changed everything is different and new and our bad news which was our sin which led us to death was replaced by the good news of the gospel that we can be forgiven and that we can be changed now we read the end of alt text but i want to turn your attention to a key text that comes even earlier in the first chapter of romans some of you still have your bibles out go back to verse number two of romans chapter one you might be on your smartphone the, the verse is here on the screen for you as well Paul's going to emphasize this principle or this phrase, good news, for us. God promised this good news. This is Romans chapter 1, verse 2. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and the authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. Now, I want you to turn your attention to the screen just for a second. Three phrases that we're going to 
kind of hone in on this morning. First one is right there, God promised. We're going to talk about the fact that it's God's promise. Second, the good news, that second line at the end, the good news is about his son. So we're going to talk about his son. And then finally, about halfway down, it says God has given us the privilege and the authority to tell Gentiles, you could substitute just the word people, everywhere. He's given us the privilege and the authority. So let's just dive right in this morning. Let's talk about the good news. Number one, the good news is God's promise. If you were here uh, Thursday night at the prayer conference, we had Pastor Joe Koloff from First Wesleyan, such a great friend to Robin and I, he and Don Marie. And uh, uh, He texted me, just being honest with you, way too early on Thursday morning when my phone went off. And he's texting me, he was already up praying about the conference that night. And he said, would it be possible, could the worship team sing the song Waymaker? And I said, Pastor Joe, go back to bed. Actually, I didn't say that. I turned my phone over and I went back to bed. And then I woke up and then I texted Pastor Joe, good morning, this is what time real people wake up. You're superhuman, so you've already been awake for a long time. Yes, we would love to sing the song Waymaker, but he wanted us to emphasize that song because it's Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper. The good news is God's promise and God never breaks his promise. The first part of Romans chapter 1 and verse 2, Paul says this, God promised this news this good news long ago through his prophets and the holy scriptures god never breaks a promise we live in a world of broken promises don't we in fact you know when i got here this morning i came early and back here i come through this way normally there's the dock and danny our director of operations he has set out our snowblower and he has all the batteries for the snowblower being charged which means there's no chance it's going to snow zero chance whatsoever that's all danny did was curse the snow from right we, we just look at our meteorologists we live in a world full of broken promises but we serve a god who never breaks his promises he cannot break his promises in fact if you study the fulfilled prophecies the promises about jesus's life you're blown away there's over 300 prophecies about jesus and he fulfilled every single one of them but again let's take just a small step back and ask ourselves a question why did god have to promise good news it was because there was bad news and the bad news is our sin and the bad news is that our sin brought separation between us and God. And rather than disowning us or leaving us to suffer the consequences that we deserve, he exchanged our bad news for good news that he brings to us. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18 says this, So God has given us both his promise and his oath, and these two things are unchangeable because, read the last part with me, it is impossible for God to lie that might be the most important thing you're going to hear all day that it is impossible for god to lie so he promised us good news it's impossible for him to lie he saw our sin he provided a solution in the form of jesus he promised that jesus would come and jesus came have you ever at your house had a delivery or a repair and the company says we will be there sometime between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. You must be there the whole time or we won't come. And you wait at your house for the repair or the delivery to arrive. 
8 a.m. You, you probably get up early because you think, I'm going to be first. They'll probably, they'll probably be here at 8, so I better get up at 7.15 to make sure that I'm ready. And 9 o'clock comes and goes. 10 o'clock, you know, maybe it's going to be closer to lunchtime. But you dare not leave because they're coming. You get to 1 or 2 o'clock. Well, maybe I'm on the afternoon. I'm probably going to be one of the later stops. And then what happens about 4.30? Hey, we're not going to make it today. We're coming tomorrow between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. And you need to be there the whole time. If you're not there, we won't make the delivery or we won't complete the repair. We serve a God who doesn't give us a repair window. He didn't just promise a delivery. He made good on his promise because he's a promise-keeping God. And he sent Jesus as good news into the midst of our bad news. See, that's the second point this morning is that the good news is God's son the good news is that he sent Jesus as the answer as the antidote to our sin and look at Romans chapter 1 verses 3 and 4 the good news is about his son in his earthly life he was born into King David's family line he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit he is Jesus Christ our Lord, Paul makes it very clear. God didn't send just any solution. He sent Jesus Christ as the solution. Let me turn this around and say it this way. The good news this morning is not that Spirit Church exists. The good news is not that we have three worship experiences and the greatest people on the planet that attend our church. The good news is about Jesus Christ. We are not the answer. This church can't fix or save anyone. We cannot draw anyone to God. We can't heal anyone. We can't save anyone. We can't change anyone. We can't deliver anyone. But the good news is not about us. The good news is about His Son, And Jesus came. He was prophesied about. He was presented on this earth as a baby. He was powerful in his life and in his ministry. And then he became our sacrifice. He didn't just live a good life. He died a good death for us. You see, up until this point, we had a sacrificial system in place where priests had to offer sacrifices to make us right with God then Jesus came. And when he came, his cousin John the Baptist looked at him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. There's no more need for the sacrificial system because Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice for us. He did the work or the job or, or he did the work for us, but our job is to believe in him, but not just believe like the man I talked about earlier, to believe in who he is and what he did. See Romans chapter three, verses twenty-two through twenty-four kind of set it up for us. It says, We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Not in a church, not in a person, not in a pastor, not in a ministry, not in a concept or an ideology. Only Jesus Christ. In fact, I hope the camera is looking at me because I want to make sure that everybody hears what I said. There is only one way to salvation. There is only one way to heaven. There is only one way that we can be made right with God, and it is by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Period. End of story. Repeat the line. There is only one way to be made right, and it is through faith in Jesus Christ alone. That's it. But look at the next line of the verse. It's true for everyone who believes no matter who we 
are. I love that part because it's for everybody. You can be non-Jew, Gentile, or you can be Jew. You can be rich, you can be poor. You can be educated, you can be uneducated. You can have lived the greatest life you think you could have possibly lived, and you could be a, big word, reprobate, reprobate who's far from God. I'm trying to figure out how to work caveat into that sentence, but I just can't find a way there. It's for everybody. Why? Because look at the next line. Everyone has sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. The next two words, yet God. Anybody ever experienced that in your life? You had a yet God moment? A yet God moment where you were dead and dying in your sin. You couldn't save yourself. You couldn't make yourself right. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. And he did it through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Excuse me. The firm foundation is that there is good news. The good news, the gospel promised by God is that Jesus saves. Now this year, 2024, is going to be the 100th anniversary of Spirit Church. And we have a, a photo from, like, I think this is our very first building that we have. We're actually trying to decide how old we think this photo is and when this was taken. But I want you to see that it says, Assembly of God... And welcome to all. And I want you to know that although we don't have a sign, that's still true. We are an Assembly of God church. We're not ashamed of that. And everyone is welcome to come in and worship. Now, there's something on there that's not true. F.D. Wall isn't the pastor. Let's be honest with you. It doesn't matter who the pastor is. It's not my church. It's his church. It always has been and it always will be. It's never been about a preacher. Pastor Daryl, if he was here, he would tell you that. And Pastor Brummett, if he were still alive, he'd tell you that. And Pastor Pavado, if he were here, he would tell you that. And Pastor Goins, he would tell you that. It's never been about a preacher. Look at the photo, the biggest, the boldest, the most prominent part, the first thing that catches your eyes when you look at the photo, what does it say? Jesus saves. Jesus saved in the book of Romans. Jesus saved when this photo was taken probably 70, 80 years ago, and Jesus still saves today. That's the good news of the gospel, that Jesus saves. And I want you to bow your heart, bow your head with me this morning, because you too can be made right with God if you place your faith in Christ Jesus. It's as simple as that doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been or the life you've lived or what you think about yourself, you can be made right with God if you place your faith in Jesus Christ. We call it saying yes to Jesus. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you say, man, my life is bad news, guess what? God sent good news. He sent good news in the form of Jesus Christ. And today is a day when all things for you can be made new. My question today is, would you like to say yes to Jesus? I'm not going to embarrass you, not going to call you down front, not going to make you st stand up and tell us anything about you. Just want to, on behalf of Jesus, offer salvation to you. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus, or maybe you're like that man I talked about who didn't really know the full extent of who God was and ended up trying to live and do things his own way. And then at 49 years of old age, he fully committed. Maybe this morning, this first Sunday of January, you would say, I'm fully committing. This first Sunday of 2024, I'm, I'm all in. I'm putting Jesus first. If you'd like to say yes to Jesus this morning, 
would you simply lift your hand and maybe try to make eye contact with me so I know who you are and who I'm praying for. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? If you're watching online, this is done so easily. Just put the word yes in your text or your chat box there so we know that we're praying for you. If you're listening to us on the radio this morning, you can even just verbally say yes right there in your car, your home, wherever you're listening. and You can be a part of this. You know, when you raised your hands this morning, you said, I believe, but that verse I quoted says there has to be that moment of confession. And so I want to encourage all of us to pray a prayer of confession together. Whether you raised your hand or not, would you pray these words? Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry that I have sinned and lived a life that was not pleasing to you. Today I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. And I will do my best to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now I want to invite everybody who's able, would you stand to your feet this morning? And we can, can we give God praise that, that Jesus is the good news that was sent for us? He's the good news. I want us to have a moment to respond to what God is speaking and what God is doing. Throughout the prayer conference this week, we've been singing this song, Give Me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. See, it's always been about Him, and it will always be about Him. Just give me Jesus. In fact, before they even start singing, would you just make that a prayer? Maybe you want to lift your hands to the Father. Just want Jesus. I just want more of you. I worship you. I give you praise. I glorify you, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. More of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. Come on, let's sing this.
always about him. The good news is promised of God. The good news is that he sent his son as salvation for us. But the final thought this morning is that the good news is God's priority. And our response to the good news is so important. This verse isn't on the screen this morning, but he begins, Paul does, this letter to the Roman church in verse number one of chapter one by saying that he, Paul, was sent out to preach the good news. You see, God never intends for us to keep the good news to ourselves. He gives the good news to us so that we can share it with others. And that's why that third thought that I told you about, Romans 1.5 says, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and the authority to tell Gentiles, or if you will, to tell people everywhere what God has done for them. To tell them what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey Him and bring glory to His name. He's given us the privilege. He's given us the authority to share. He asks us to tell people everywhere what He has done. And the sobering truth is that most people don't realize what God has done for them. They know who He is. They know a little bit about Him, but they don't know the extent or the fullness of the greatness and the power of the gift that was given to us. And for us here in our church and in our context, in our culture, we hear the good news so often that sometimes we lose track of the significance, of the depth, and we neglect, if you will, how great God's mercy is towards us. Let us never take for granted what God did. Let us share boldly who God is because people don't know. They don't know the fullness. They don't know the greatness of God. This is a, a really silly illustration, but over here we've got this new percussion device and some of you on that side may not even be able to see it, but it's called an octopad. I don't even know what that means. I know Daniel doesn't, but it's called Octopad, and it's this percussion thing, and, and Jordan has been up here over the Christmas break, and he's been working on it and playing it, we've incorporated it, Jenny, a little bit into our worship set, and it's got these eight little pads on it, and you hit it, and each one makes a different sound. Well, Jordan was up here, and he found out that it doesn't just make one sound per, per pad, per place you hit, that each of those pads has up to 600 different sounds that it can make. That's a lot of sounds. Nobody ever told us that. They just charged us for the Octopad and sent it. They didn't explain how cool the Octopad is. Now that's about as goofy as it gets, right? But there are people who have never had it explained to them how great God is. They've never heard the truth, the full extent, the power, and the love of the good news that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are Christ's ambassadors. It's our response. It's our priority. It's our authority. It's our privilege. And He gives us the authority to go out and to share that good news. As we prepare to leave from this place this morning, the team is going to lead us in that chorus one more time. Give me Jesus. As, he, as they do, will you allow him, will you allow the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to you about the people he has probably already strategically positioned in your life that you're supposed to share with? Come on, close your eyes for just a second. 
And let's let the Holy Spirit direct us. Who are we supposed to share that good news with us? With that be like the anthem of our hearts for this year? That every single day we wake up, we just pray, Lord, give us more of you. Give us Jesus. Allow us to show you to the least, the last, and the lost in our communities. Don't let it just be here in this, these four walls, but let it be something that is a lifestyle where all you can do is cry out for more of Jesus. God is doing something extremely special in and through this community, and we're so honored to be a part of it. But before you go today, I have a few announcements really fast. The first thing, Next Generation Ministries are starting back up tonight, 5.30 to 7.30. Youth and Awanas will be meeting right here at Spirit Church once again. Make sure your students come and join us. Now, for Spirit Youth specifically, I'm extremely excited for the message series we're about to go into. We're going to be going over creation. And so if you've ever had a doubt of Jesus being the cre creator, the author, the finisher, we want to go ahead and have an authentic conversation with you. So please, if you have students 6th through 12th grade, we want to be able to truly implement an understanding of who God is into their lives. Make sure they join us. We'll have dinner. We'll have a blast. It's going to be amazing. But as we leave today, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over us all. If you'll lift your hands towards heaven. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go with God this week.